0: up next on Walking by Faith. Something is true because God says it's true. The Bible says it's true, it's true. Doesn't matter what you feel, doesn't matter what tradition says, doesn't matter what culture says, doesn't matter what logic says, if God says it's true, it's true. Doesn't matter what you think, doesn't matter what I think, he's the judge, he's the judge. Right. And the Bible needs to be the basis for every decision that you and I make. Hello, I want to welcome you to Walking by Faith. So glad you've joined us today. I want to talk to you about one of the most important subjects we can talk about. One of the things that is absolutely necessary for every Christian to grow. And I want to talk to you about the importance of the Word of God, the importance of the Bible. Now, now, now before you think, oh, I don't need this, do you realize that Jesus said you cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Spiritually, as Christians, we cannot live without the Word of God. The Apostle Paul said, I commend you to God to the Word of His grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all that are sanctified. He's saying it's God's words that make Christians strong. And it's the Word of God that shows us what God has done for us in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. What is our inheritance? What are the benefits of being a Christian? It's through the Word of God that we discover these things. Now, I want to talk to you today. And when I do talk to you about how important the Word of God is for you, I believe that a hunger is going to grow inside you for the Word that is never going to be quenched. Would you come with me me right now and join me as we begin this message. Now today I want to talk to you about the importance of God's Word. Jesus said in Matthew 4:4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now Jesus said for you to live, not just have physical life, but have spiritual life, the only way you're going to do it is with the Word of God. You you will never grow spiritually without God's word. You will never be an effective disciple of Christ without God's word. Paul said it this way, Acts 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Now notice he's saying the same thing. He says God's word can build you up. Make you truly a disciple of Christ, truly a spiritual person, and a spiritual person in the right sense. In Peter, Peter said it this way: it says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Without God's word, we're not gonna grow. Without God's word, we're not gonna be truly spiritual people. Now, the problem in our society is this: that everybody just wants to be spiritual. Right? And everything that's spiritual is good. I want to tell you something. Everything that's spiritual is not good. Right? There, there, there is, there is, there is a, an evil, dark, demonic side to spiritual things. Right? Because there is a devil, a malevolent, evil, wicked spirit being, who the Bible says is your adversary. Right? And he is alive and well, to quote Hell Lindsay on planet Earth. Right? Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says that as Jannes and Jambres opposed Moses, so these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. Now, when Moses went to Egypt to deliver the people of Israel, they had been slaves for 400 years. And God says to Moses, go, I'm going to use you to deliver the people. And he stands before Pharaoh. And God had told Moses, when you stand before Pharaoh... And you tell him, thus says the Lord, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I don't know the Lord, and I'm not letting the people go. He says, the first thing you do, he says, is take your rod. But he was a shepherd. He said, throw it down. And when you throw it down, it will become a snake. And so Moses does, and it becomes a snake. Pharaoh calls in the magicians, Jannies and Jambres, and says, throw down your rods and they threw them down, and they became snakes. Now, was that supernatural? Yep. Was that God? No. It was a demonic supernatural. Now, I think what's great is the Bible says that Moses' snake ate their snakes. And then Moses just went down and reached and picked it back up, and it became the rod of God. You know that really is a picture of Jesus. He became sin, ate your sin, was crucified, dead, buried, and rose again as the Son of God. He gobbled up your sin, he gobbled up my sin. All right? So what Jannies and Jamborees did was supernatural, but it wasn't God. And so often, in our society, people are looking for anything that is supernatural, but there is a dark, evil, supernatural realm. In fact, the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter four verse four, calls Satan the God, small G of this world, all right, whose, God, whose minds the God of this world or the God of this age has blinded. right? In Ephesians 6, for we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood. Do you realize that that person, that flesh and blood person you think is your problem is not your problem? There is something behind that. There is someone behind that. For we're not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against a huge number of wicked spirits in the spirit realm. So the Bible tells us to test all things and to hold fast to what is good prove all things, test all things, because not everything is right. Not everything that's supernatural is from God. Not every idea that comes into somebody's head is a godly idea. So in the book of Isaiah, we find the measuring rod. Right? Isaiah 8 and verse 20. It says, To the law and the testimony. Let me just hold it right here. The Bible. Right? If they do not speak according to this word, It's because there is no light or no truth in them. Jesus said it this way. He said, thy word is truth. Your word is truth. So so there is a standard that we as Christians, we live by, and there is a standard we judge everything by, whether it's truth or not truth. If it's not according to this word, it's because there's no light, there's no truth, in them. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures given by inspiration of God, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. I want to talk about that for a moment. For correction and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped unto every good work. Let me just take a little side trip here. Again, most of us as Christians, we function or literally, we, we, we function, we focus on what God got us out of. Right? But God doesn't want you focused on what he got you out of. He wants you to focus on what he's taking you into. The Bible says he takes away the first in the book of Hebrews, that he may establish the second. So God didn't just get you out of something, right? which is where most Christians are. I'm saved, I'm forgiven, on my way to heaven, good, but that's not what God wants. He just got you out of that to get you into what he wants. Right? You say, what does he want? Where does he want to take us? It says it right here. Furnished for every good work. He wants you to be an agent, a representative. The Bible calls you an ambassador of the kingdom of God. That when you show up, the kingdom shows up. He's not just wanting to get you out of the world, by the way, which the Bible refers to in Hebrews 6 as dead works. He wants to get you out of dead works into good works, right? He wants to get you out of the dead works into the good works. Now, again, listen, you aren't saved by works, but you will be rewarded for your works, right? You're not saved by them, but Jesus said, I'm coming back. I love the trans- translation that says, and my paycheck is with me in my hand to give to everyone according to his works. Works. Now, it doesn't save you, but God is going to reward you. Now, again, 2 Timothy 3.16, for correction, uh, this, is, this is the part of the Bible I think that I experience more than any other part of the Bible. All right. I think this happens to me almost every single day. Now, here it talks about correction. It's talking about the same thing over in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. This is what it says. Now, all these things happened to them as examples. In other translations say, for our admonition. Examples or admonition. Now, the things it's talking about, by the way, are all these things that are happening to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. I know some Christians only read the New Testament, right? but you need to read your whole Bible because the whole Bible was given to you as an example or for your admonition. And by the way, that Greek word that is translated admonition means to slap your face. All right. So literally it's saying that God gives us the Bible to slap our face. And I think almost every day I get slapped. What's happening? I'm reading and God's showing me something that you need to change. You need to repent. You need to tell Jeannie you're sorry. Ugh. All the time. They're written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the world have come. If there is anyone that this whole Bible was written for, it's us today. Those upon whom the end of the world have come. Now, as a Christian, literally, that word of God it becomes our life. Jeremiah said it like this: Your words were found, I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Your words were found, and I ate them, right? And their word was to me it was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. You know, it comes alive. It becomes your life, your joy. You eat it. It's your bread. It's your meat. It's your friend. It clings to you. It's your comfort at night. You meditate in it day and night. You cherish it. Jesus said not one syllable will ever pass away. Its power is supernatural. It heals. It saves. It delivers. It protects. It empowers those who believe it. Isaiah said it this way. He said, and you will hear a word behind you. Saying this is the way, walk in it. That word that you get in your heart, it'll talk to you, it'll lead you, it'll guide you, and you will hear that word just saying to you, "This is the way, walk in it." Right? But it doesn't happen just because you've got one on your coffee table. Right? We've got to get it down on the inside of us. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing. By the word of God. It's interesting that Jesus said, He said, When the Son of Man comes, when he returns, will he even find faith in the earth? He was saying, What was he saying? He was saying, first of all, God looks for faith. All right? But I think what he said to his disciples, he said, You unbelieving and perverse generation. All right? Unbelieving because they didn't have enough of the word. Perverse because they were more connected to the world than they were connected to God. All right? But how does faith come? It comes By hearing. And listen, you will never receive from God the things that you're ignorant of and the things you're ashamed of. You got that? What God tells you in his word that you're ignorant of, you will not receive. And what God tells you in his word that you're ashamed of, you will not receive. But faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Jesus said we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God right? Physically, we eat food. Spiritually, you're in my spirit, we need the Word of God. We need to love it, live it. We need to, to, to have, be meditating on it. The Bible says literally day and night. You see, God gave us the Word to do a couple of things in our lives, mainly two things God wants the Bible to do for you, right? Number one, God wants the Bible to change the way you think, right? Remember, he said, "For my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts." But then he goes and he starts to talk about his word, because when you get his word, you'll 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 receive his thoughts. You go to you go to Barnes and Nobles and buy a book, take it home, you read the thoughts of the person that wrote that book. But when you read the Bible, you're not reading the thoughts of Peter, James, and John and Moses and David. You're reading the thoughts of God because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God-breathed. Right? The Bible says it is alive, it is powerful. Right? It's alive and it's powerful. It's different than any other book. And literally, this is what I found, you don't read the Bible, it reads you. It reads you and it talks to you. Right? So God gave us the Bible to change how we think. Romans 12 and verse 2. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind or by changing the way that you think, All right? And as we receive the Bible, what it is to do is to change the way that we think. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when, whenever we have somebody here speaking, they always go to the Bible, All right? You say, why do we do that? We do that because faith comes by hearing the Word of God right? and because the Bible is our measuring stick. Right? It's where we see where truth is. It's where we see this is truth. This is not truth. If they don't speak according to this, it's because there is no light. There's no truth in them. And uh, I- I've listened to some pastors, and they will give a whole sermon without a single Bible verse. Right? Or they'll, they'll throw one in there someplace. Right? But do, do, do you know what makes disciples? What really makes disciples is when we get the Word of God down on the inside of us and we measure truth by what the Word of God says. We, we, we live, we make our decisions based on what the Word of God says. Right? And it is really, really important that we judge everything by God's Word. 2 Timothy 3.16. The whole Bible is given to us by inspiration of God. It's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. I need to underline that again. It straightens us out and helps us do what's right. Okay. So the Bible will change the way you think. It will change your priorities. It will change your values. It will change your morality. It will change everything about you. Now, unfortunately, there's some of us that think we don't have time. I I want to tell you, you don't have time not to be in the Bible. Proverbs 3. Listen to this. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace will they add to you. I just want to just talk about one of those. It says length of days. But notice afterwards it says years of life. So when it talks about length of days, it's not talking about living a long life. It does talk about that, but that's not what length of days means. Length of days means this, that if you'll put God first, he'll bless your day. And you will get more done in your day. right? So, so when, you, when you take that time to read the word of God, you're not subtracting time from your day. Because God will help you to get more done in your day. Now, so God gave us the Bible to change the way we think, but he also gave us the Bible to change the way that we talk, right? To change the way that we talk. I want you to just think about this. First of all, the Bible was not written first, it was spoken first, and then it was written. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the Mouth of God. It was God's word first was a spoken thing. And God wants his word to be spoken again, but spoken through us. Isaiah 59, 21. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon them, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. Nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. God told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Isaiah 57, God says, I create the fruit of the lips. 2 Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, they believed. Therefore, I spoke. We also believe, therefore, we, we speak. We speak. The Bible is to change the way that we think, but not just the way that we think. The Bible is also to change the way that we talk. We're to agree with God, constantly agree with God. Romans ten eight. but the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, That is the word of faith which we preach. God's word needs to be in your mouth and in your heart. All right. Psalms 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and it is a light to my path. God's word will show us the way that we should go. And I think that it's interesting that it says that it's it's a light to our feet and it's a lamp. God's word will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Now, it's not going to be airplane landing lights. All right, Here's what we want to see. We want to see 20 years down the road. All right? God's not showing you 20 years down the road. You say, why not? Because he wants you to trust him. He wants you to live by faith. He wants us to stay in constant communication with him. When we get to that spot where we need to know, there'll be a word behind you that will say, this is the way, walk in it. Right? So, so the Word of God, it leads us, it guides us. Right? It literally empowers us to do what we need to do in the kingdom of God. In Psalms 119, verse 128, David said this. He says, I consider your words or your precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. So this is what David said. He said, God, your Word, it's right about everything. All right? Now, to be a disciple of Jesus, this is one of the places you have to come to, right? That God is right about everything. So God is right about marriage. And God is right when he tells me to apologize to Jeannie. God's right about how to raise your kids. He's right about how to be a good employer and how to be a good employee. He's right about money. He's right about sin. He's right about everything, right? So God's Word, it's truth. Jesus said it, thy Word is truth. And so as a disciple of Jesus, we accept the Bible as truth, and it becomes the measuring rod when anything comes at our life. So here's unreliable authorities. The only reliable authority is the Word of God. Culture is an unreliable authority everybody is doing it everybody's doing it well everybody's doing it doesn't make it right tradition but we've always done it this way that doesn't make it right if it disagrees with God it's wrong if it disagrees with the word it's wrong reason well it just seems logical let me tell you something there's a lot of things that are true that don't seem logical but if it's in the Bible, it's true. Emotions. Well, it just feels right. How I many of you know that will take you to hell? <laughs> right? But so many people, well, it just feels right. right? And, and they're basing their decisions on their emotions, on logic, on tradition, on culture, because everybody else is doing it. Look, something is not true because you feel like it's true. It's not true because everybody else is doing it. It's not true because it's logical. It's not true because it's always been done that way, right? Something is true because God says it's true. The Bible says it's true, it's true. Doesn't matter what you feel. Doesn't matter what tradition says. Doesn't matter what culture says. Doesn't matter what logic says. If God says it's true, it's true. Doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter what I think. He's the judge. He's the judge. Right? And the Bible needs to be the basis for every decision that you and I make. Right? We consider his precepts, his word, to be right concerning all things, everything. And as a disciple of Jesus, we need to come to that place where we are going to build our lives on the word of God. We're going to do things. We're going to not do things based on the word of God. That needs to be the measuring rod of our life. Every word of God is flawless. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is flawless. Again, 2 Timothy 3:16. The whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God, and it is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives, to straighten us out, and to help us do what is right. Satan's number one goal is to steal God's word from your heart. That is his number one goal. Jesus said in Mark 5, he gives this parable of the sower. He says the sower goes out, he sows the word of the kingdom. He says in thumb it falls along the path, along the wayside. He says this is the word that was sown. They hear the word. Satan comes immediately and takes word away the word of God that was sown in their hearts. What does the devil want to do? Steal the word. Go back to Genesis 3. God puts Adam and Eve in a beautiful garden. And there is one rule. One. Do not eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. Because in the day that you eat of the tree, you'll die. You eat that tree, you're going to die. Satan comes and says, Has God said that you cannot eat of that tree? Well, yeah. God told us we eat of that tree and we'll die. And the devil said, you won't die. You won't die. Why, you eat of that tree, you'll be like God. They were already like God. But what did he come to do? Steal the word from their heart. The most precious possession that any one of us can ever have is God's word in our hearts. So if you're watching today, but you're not right with God. You know we're away from the Lord. You know you need to be forgiven. You say, I want to I want to be right with God or I want to come back to God. I want to invite you, bow your head, pray this prayer with me right now from your heart. Make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe he rose again and I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you you've heard my prayer, that your blood washed me from my sin, that my past is gone, that I'm your child on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that simple prayer from your heart, you really are right with God. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually. And all you need to do is go online and download that book, absolutely free. All the information is right there on your screen. AND IF THIS PROGRAM HAS BEEN A BLESSING TO YOU, PLEASE PRAY ABOUT BECOMING A PARTNER WITH US AND HELP US SEND THE GOSPEL AROUND THE WORLD. THANK YOU. GOD BLESS YOU. AT WALKING BY FAITH, WE BELIEVE IN THE POWER OF PRAYER. CALL NOW TO SHARE YOUR PRAYER REQUESTS SO WE CAN BEGIN STANDING WITH YOU IN PRAYER. THANK YOU FOR WATCHING WALKING BY FAITH. WALKING BY FAITH IS MADE POSSIBLE IN PART BY THE GENEROUS GIFTS OF OUR VIEWERS. If you would like to contribute to reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ through this program, please contact us at Walking by Faith, 5120 Ivanrest Avenue Southwest, Granville, Michigan 49418.